Welcome to the on-air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Hunt Life. Take aim. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome <laughs> to Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I kind of heard something funny there at the end. You did? It was a hiccup. I uh, heard it too. Yeah. Oh, I'm just having a little bit of fun. You're uh, all good. You're all fine. Yeah, and it was said uh, and something. Yeah. There with the, the voice of God there, our, our our man reading reading the lines. No, you just you just you're you're struggling because of your uh, other activities. Am I delirious? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I might be a little delirious. Yeah, you're just sleepy. Uh, anyway, we need to change that song while I'm at it. You now, think so? That. <laughs> oh. Now, now, Here what are you go. going hating on the song for? Man, he just started right in there, didn't he? You, anyway, you need more sleep. Yeah, I do need, need more sleep, and we'll get to that. Anyway, yeah. well, good morning. I'm Jeff Loggum, Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz, and uh, we've got really kind of a full house, not only in studio, but also via the phone lines, because as promised, we wanted to, well, we were trying to get an update last weekend <laughs> on how the Land and Wildlife Expo was going, but the texts and the phone calls went unanswered because yeah. our two staff biologists... <laughs> Uh, one of them being Scotty Brown, the fisheries biologist, and the other one being Dave Edwards, the uh, uh, wildlife biologist, just decided that they had too much camaraderie at night at the Land and Wildlife Expo. They were the... testing the waters. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. They wanted to see. They wanted to see which one uh, could uh, outlast the other one at night. Chris, can we get uh, our wildlife biologist? Yeah, his uh, mic's not yeah, working. Okay, there it is. I think I'm on now. Uh, yeah, there, there we go. go. So, good morning, Dave. Good morning. And Scotty, good morning, Scotty. Good morning, fellas. Well, hey, they now they yeah. decide to wake yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Woohoo! <laughs> After you had about, uh, well, what is it now? Uh, let's see. It ended on Sunday, so today would be Saturday. So after you've had, you know, six good days to recover. <laughs> That's what it sounded like go. at the Land and Wildlife Expo. Nope. Nice. <laughs> No, honey, I was there working. So the you whole had a good time, huh, boys? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good time. Uh-huh. It's hard to go to uh, Gaylord Opryland and not have a good time, though. I mean, it's a, y'all been there. It's a fantastic place. It, it is, and, and, and you guys both stayed right there at the Gaylord Palms. And, and for those that have never been to the NWTF convention uh, and, and are big fans of, of the NWTF like we are, I encourage everybody to go there and stay right there at the Gaylord Palms, because it is such a good time. First of all, the NWTF banquet is fantastic. Uh, but, you know, everything is right there on site. You can park your car when you go to the NWTF convention. You don't have to go anywhere. Right. You know, so you can have adult beverages at night and, and really get to network and meet people and share stories and all that good stuff. And there was a whole lot of story sharing and networking going on with you two <laughs> last weekend, obviously, because you guys wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're just laughing, dude. They, they, have, they have no defense whatsoever, do they? <laughs> no. We, we, had, we had six days to think about this whipping coming, so we're taking it. <laughs> no, I think it's great. That's, I mean, that's what uh, hard work is all about, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you know. 
So how was it? I mean, you know, was it what you expected? Dave? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah, and well, we were, well, we were gotta, working like dogs. Well, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before before we kind of kind of get the, the the opinions of you two, I want to tell people that we really have, I guess you could say, three perspectives here. Scotty was a vendor. You know, he paid right. paid to have a booth with his business, Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. Him and Steve Lopez, partners in a business, and Scotty had one of uh, his guys there working the booth as well. So we have a vendor's opinion. Uh, and then Dave was there as one of the guest speakers for some of the seminars that they had going on. So we have a perspective from somebody who was a, a presenter, presenter or a uh, speaker. And then both of you guys had a chance to walk around and experience the expo from a, a paying customer standpoint. So we're going to have three perspectives here. And I, I think this is a, this is the future really of, of different conservation organizations, uh, joining together, saving money, pulling resources and having this one big event during the year. Now I would like to see it at a different time and not in August when everybody's in a mad rush preparing for deer season. Right. Uh, I'd love to see it sometime scheduled in, you know, February. When is probably the deadest month around the nation for hunting seasons, I think would be perfect not to conflict with the NWTF. And if you can get the NWTF to kind of join forces in that, can you imagine how big that would be? Yeah, it would be massive. Yes, oh, it wow. would. And that would be a great time. I agree with you. February is kind of the, you know, the lull between everything, fishing uh, and everything. I mean, fishing might be good in some places, but no. in, in general, it's it's the catch-up time. Yeah, there's probably a, a method to their madness. It's probably more directed towards uh, the marketing of the hunting season and, and the sales that go along with that and gets the juices flowing. That's why they do it then. And I'll agree. I mean, when we're, do when we're doing deer seminars or short courses, that's why you see so many expos and big buckaramas and all these different things. Right. August, because people start thinking about That's right. Man, I, I think about it year-round. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, I, I know I, Dave I, does. I'm, I'm right with you. Scotty does. I <laughs> yeah. mean, heck, Scotty... Scotty's yeah. thinking about it every time. He's shooting out emails to our little group, you know, and he's like, all right, here's what we got to do. Here's what we're going to do. You know, so it's a year-round thought process. But uh, so, Scotty, perspective yes. from a from a vendor, you know, the, the crowd. First of all, you know, what did you think the crowd was, you know, for, for the folks walking through looking at all the vendors? There was a big mix. Uh, there was about 150 to 160 vendors total. Um, and they had actually a hundred acres outside, which I didn't get to. I don't know if Dave went over there, um, but they had a hundred acres outside of stuff going on that um, where they had done some uh, some plantings, and they had a like a Dodge Ram truck test track, and they had four wheelers you could test over there, and they had some kids uh, shooting stuff over there, which they had kids shooting stuff inside, and uh, it was. What uh, one of the nice things I saw about it was uh, you could really see there was a lot of uh, overlap vendors there, and you could see all different kinds of new things that are coming out on the market. I was shocked at how many um, of these, uh, like Plot Masters, probably the original, I guess. But I mean, there's so many of these companies now that are building these tools where you can, uh, you know, it's a one swipe deal to put in a food plot now. Well, then, boy, there's it, a market for that. Yeah, I mean, there's, and I was, I don't know, there was probably maybe four different manufacturers of those, and it was it was interesting because you could kind of talk to them and uh, see, you know, what the differences were and which one might fit your needs better than the other. And, uh, I know that uh, Plotmaster for a long time, and they made two models, one for an ATV and the other one for a three-point hitch, 
was widely popular just because anybody that can find an apparatus that's going to save time planning for, for deer season, boy, they just go crazy over. Uh, Pioneer, which is a, an arm of John Deere, ended up buying that. And so they're the ones that now sell and market that particular implement through their program. And there's one other one, and I can't remember where it is. I've seen it, and it was either it's been in either QDMA or forest landowner where it's got really a, a, a rotor tiller in the front and then the cedar in the back. And I can't remember which brand it is, but uh, they, so that's two of them that I know of. But uh, do you remember the name, Scotty, the other ones that? Uh, no, I sure don't. Was it Terminator? Ferminator is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, the one I'm thinking of that has the actual rotor tiller in the front, and then it drops the seed, and then it has the, the, the compactor, uh, cultipacker, whatever you want to call it, in the back. So, but, but and yeah, the Plotmaster plot doesn't have that? The Plotmaster has uh, mechanical harrows it, in the front that just turn with the speed that you're going. Okay. The Ferminator actually has a PTO-powered harrow in the front and and does a better job of really churning the okay. soil up like a tiller and, and, yeah, yeah and getting to true dirt uh whereas you know with the plot master you'd probably want to go over the food plot a couple times just with that before you actually load the seed box up uh, and the ferminator i'm sure has a cost associated with it that represents that it's you know it's more it's mechanical and everything else right. uh, but both products are are very good i've used both of them are there's you there's one of them that was here. It's called. A, it was from Butler Equipment. They don't really have a name on it. It's in a QDM magazine. That's, it's that's the one. Yeah, it's that, one that's path. the Ferminator, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's the one by Butler Manufacturing. They call it the Ferminator, and I've never seen one. You know, of all the yeah. places I've been to, I mean, we have to, a Plotmaster. I've never, I've never come across that. I, I understand. You know, it looks in theory, it looks great, uh, but I don't know how good it would actually be. If you get a true greenfield, now if it's sprayed down, I'm sure it works great. That's what, Kevin. You make you could uh, tell us how, what your experience is with them. With the plot, I think they're tapping into the convenience of it. Yeah, you know, to be able to come one swipe. You know, people don't have as much time. But my experience with them is I'd rather spray it down and no-till it, it or it, it, do it, it, more it, conventional. Our, our plot master sits. Okay. No, yeah. I mean it, we, we you know it, it first in the beginning we did buy it used, which it was a great deal. Um, you know, and, and at first we had little tiny food plots, you know, one acre, half acre right. type deal. Um, and, and this is for a three point hitch on the tractor, you know, and it, and it, it did fine for, for what we needed at that time. But then it got to the point, like you said, we're like, you know what? I mean, now, you know, we're, we're, we're doing you a know, little bigger, you know, two, three, four acres and, and, you know, on the plot master, how wide it's three feet. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, they're you, not you, near as heavy duty as oh, no, you no, know, you, you a good disc would really drop yeah, in so, and turn. So we ended up buying a Harrow and buying a drag and you know all that stuff. So it, yeah. it's much more efficient. I, I concur too. Our experience was the same, and 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 the fact that if you during the course of the year had some ground that you were trying to rebreak or or yeah. you know that had vegetation, yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of vegetation grown. on, you know, it doesn't do it. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't work. No, you know? no, absolutely not. But you know, growing up in uh, say early high school. I was actually putting them in with the garden tiller. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to, to have a plot master. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah there's, there, I'd love to have a tractor. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you're dying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so, Dave, from uh, uh, Scotty, did you felt the traffic was pretty good from a vendor standpoint? Uh, yes, the traffic was pretty good. There was probably uh, more uh, QDMA uh, members that were in attendance than local. Um, we uh, 
we did talk to some people, a few from Tennessee, and uh, actually there was a surprising, there was um, a couple groups that stopped by from Illinois. Uh, but um, And I don't know what the situation was as far as uh, the price to get uh, price to get in as far as parking and stuff, but um, the attendance Friday was outstanding. Everybody felt it was going to be a great weekend. Uh, Saturday was good, and uh, Sunday, it Sunday usually about noon to 3 is real good, and it was uh, a lot slower. Then, uh, but see, a lot of the QDMA people had flights or left Sunday morning. Yeah, and that and that's really where you want to get some of the local participation in that last day because right. a lot of the other people are, you know, they're they're heading. They've out. already been out there for two days. Yeah, they've been exactly. out for two days, and, and they want to roll out. So from a from a vendor standpoint, pretty good. Uh, speaker standpoint, Dave, you did uh, you did a presentation, one of the seminars. What did you do that on? Uh, I did a couple. I did one on uh, conducting a camera survey went through all the steps i mean literally just trying to teach them how to do it themselves and uh my other talk was on hunting leases and it was more geared towards the land owner not mm-hmm. the hunting club or somebody trying to manage a group of hunters it was more about as a landowner how can you maximize the value of your land <laughs> what what are hunters willing to pay more for mm-hmm. camps security roads food plots you know all those kind of things yep um those were the two talks, and I also got a chance to sit on uh, the expert panel of the uh, Whitetail Ramblings, and there's no agenda there. I mean, there's, I don't know, there were six or, six or eight of us on the, you know, up, up on the stage, basically, and they introduced. Bring us your questions. They introduced who we were, had two or three guys with mics, and there was a really great crowd there, and, you know, it's kind of like doing the radio show. It feels like, you know, we're, we're here for an hour or three hours, and um, it goes in like ten minutes. And there was never a dull time. Fantastic questions. I mean, as soon as one person would get done, we'd answer that question. It goes to the next person. It was uh, uh, when we co- we come back. I want to know, you know, numbers. Who, you know, how many people you ended up speaking to, and then also uh, what you guys felt about the rest of the expo, and then also things maybe that you would have liked to see change. I mean, it was the first annual ever Land and Wildlife Expo, and there's always room for improvement. And we'll get into that more with Dave Edwards, our wildlife biologist, and Scotty Brown, our fisheries biologist, right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Connections. That's what life is really all about. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories information and insight with hunters from all over the world you'll find useful information on equipment outfitters and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods at huntlife.com you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences you can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the hunt life outdoor show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the hunt life shop hats shirts decals and more become a member it's fast easy and absolutely free and join the online fraternity of hunters connect with us at huntlife.com america's number one camo pattern just got better all new breakup infinity from mossy oak six layers of detail give it great depth of field 12 years of research give it unequal effective design Together, they break up Hunter's Outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up Infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. <laughs> 
there was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery. And what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And welcome back. And our special guest today is our staff biologist, Scotty Brown, fisheries biologist with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management, and Dave Edwards, uh, fish, uh, wildlife biologist with a soon-to-be-named uh, consulting business, I guess you could say, but uh, going to be working with Cabin Bluff, a uh, sportsman's resort right on the Florida-Georgia border. Uh, and we're talking about the Land and Wildlife Expo in Nashville, Tennessee, that, that happened recently. And and so, Dave, when you gave the the talks to uh, the sem- one of the two seminars that you uh, did, how were the numbers? The, the numbers were, I mean, they were decent. Uh, I probably, I think, I had in the seventies in both of my talks. Um, the downside was there was four or five concurrent so sessions going on. going on. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I was I, I was fortunate to have a lot of folks in mind, but some folks were, you know, would have six to. 15 people right yeah that's tough pretty low numbers but um i will tell you that the uh the you know we do a lot of these talks around you know different places seminars and so forth but the questions that i got uh you could tell when 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 you're looking out at the crowd whether people's you know sleeping with their mouth open or or paying attention and you kind of read body language and everybody was kind of leaned forward in their chair you know Mm -hmm. they were they were interested and and that from a speaker standpoint when you know somebody's really paying attention and they're wanting to learn and, and whatever it is, that that gives you energy and you give them more, you know, give them as sure. much as you can. But um, I had just high quality questions, if if that makes sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you got you know you get <laughs> folks that have they want to tell a story about their hunting story right. about their land and they throw in some kind of question. But these were truly good questions of you know what do I do to do this? Right. Well, and I w- I would think that you know with with the seminars. Uh, that you would get, you know, a very attentive, uh, interested audience because the seminars were not free as part of the total package. And and from talking to you and Scotty both, that that may be something that you'd like to see change. And I say this because did you make any money? Did you get paid for being a guest speaker? No. Yeah, no. see, so you have a, a wildlife biologist, you know, considered one of the experts in the field, Scotty Brown, you know, if it was a fisheries conference, you know, right? I'm sure that as a speaker, if you're not making money, you'd probably like to see a bigger crowd that's not having to pay since you're not the one getting paid. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will say that uh, I did get a couple nights comped because I gave a couple talks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was helpful for me from that was you know my pay so to speak. But you're right. I mean, it was one of the reasons that the, it, they were so attentive because they were paying I think three hundred dollars to. Both days of seminar, three hundred mm-hmm. bucks a ticket to get in. Three hundred dollars a ticket. Um, <laughs> huh? Yo, Scotty Brown. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Yo. Kevin perked up on that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I, started now, le- I started leaning forward. That's I, like <laughs> I'd be leaning forward too. <laughs> I think you could buy, you know, one day or the other. But um, with with that's pretty steep. I mean, we're 
generally speaking, I'm used to speaking at places that are free or it's like twenty dollars. Did know, you get coffee the, and donuts or something <laughs> with that? <laughs> three hundred bucks. Was, uh, I believe it was three hundred to attend the entire QDMA thing, and it was uh, one twenty a day for the talks or two hundred for two days for the talks. Dude, did they give want... you? A, did they give you a free membership or something? I don't know. How about yeah. pencils and paper? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, that's what the NWTF does. You know what I mean? When you when you go to, right. to 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 you know one of our little banquets and, and, and you pay two hundred bucks or whatever for a ticket, you get a free membership in your magazine and, and well, it's not and, a free membership, but your membership uh, part of that, part part, included. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and a knife. You always that's get right. a knife, dude. I got more NWTF. <laughs> that's right. How about just a pen, you know, with the logo on? Yeah, it? yeah. Well, and I think you know, I said three hundred. I think that's probably the original price of just the seminars, and they. Wow. Kind of got in panic mode. There wasn't anybody signing up. Uh, well, so they, they dropped yeah, into what Scotty think? just said. Yeah. yeah. And, and that may have been what kept away um, the local crowd. Sure. I mean, that might yeah. Have, you know, most of the people that flew in, I mean, they were going to attend those things. Hey, look, I love uh, you guys, but, dude, I'm not spending 300 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but think of the money you're going to save by coming to these Yeah, seminars. okay, yeah. I don't think I paid $300 to listen to Jeff Foxworthy do a comedy routine. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, just, I mean, I love hey, log him. Him. Logaman's paying me three hundred to stop talking once. <laughs> so, so maybe maybe that would be a, a, a suggestion for for the Land and Wildlife Expo in the future, and that uh, you know find a way to make everything all inclusive. Because I know that right. Scotty as a vendor hmm. was thinking about maybe going to one of these seminars, and and as a vendor, you know, what did you pay for a booth, Scotty Ballpark? Around nine hundred for the early bird. Nine hundred for the early bird registration for a vendor, and that didn't allow Scotty or one of his staff people to attend any of the seminars. See, and I would have thought it would have been more. I mean, I know when we do local things around here in the southeast, uh, it, a table can cost anywhere up to upwards of twelve hundred bucks, depending on how big the table is or how big your booth is. Yeah, I, I agree. That, I mean, seaweed. When I go up to seaweed, which is in Charleston, Southeastern Wildlife Expo. Those guys pay big money for those booths. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, after the early bird, it was twelve and fifteen hundred. Right, and yeah. and you know, yeah. the other thing you got to remember is the first annual. So right. you know, yeah, they want they're going to tweak it. Yeah, absolutely. How many yeah. different conservation organizations were there? Because a lot, I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, well, Land and Wildlife Expo. Well, what is that? You know, uh, I know Quality Deer Management Association was there. Was Quail Unlimited there? Well, Unlimited, National Turkey Federation, Rocky Elk. Mountain Elk Foundation. Uh, uh, how about duck? pheasants? Pheasants the, Forever. Ducks Unlimited, there, Scotty. Ducks Unlimited. Ducks Unlimited was there. Okay. There was about what six, Dave? You think? Yeah, probably so. I mean, somewhere it, around six, including you know all all of them together, and um, and that was part of the the deal on Saturday. Saturday night was the concert for conservation, correct? And a lot of that money went. It got divided up between those groups. Mm -hmm. That was when uh, Craig Morgan and Jeff Foxworthy gave the concert on uh, Saturday night. That's pretty cool. Jeff Foxworthy Which was out, sings? It was outstanding. It was outstanding. <laughs> so Jeff Jeff Foxworthy sings? I didn't know that. <laughs> no, he did He did a comedy bit both uh, both that night and the night before at the uh, QDMA uh, Grand Banquet. I, I will tell you, that, uh, if, if any of you ever been to Gaylord Opryland, it's like 56 acres under the roof. And so when wow. you leave your room, it's confusing, crazy to get back to your room. You need a map. Especially if you have an adult beverage. Yeah. You, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't have your GPS? Yeah. Uh, GPS but what I was going to say was uh, Foxworthy, when he came on stage, 
he limped out to the mic and he said, sorry, I stuck myself in the leg to leave a blood trail back to my room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, it's easy to get lost in that place because it is massive. It is. That's the uh, second biggest one they own, I, from what I understand. But, you know, what we were talking about, the organizations, uh, what I thought was really neat, this is the first time I've, I've seen or known of this, all those organizations come underneath the same roof. And and within the expo, they had, I think they called them villages, but there was like a duck village, fisheries village, deer village. Gotcha. All those things. So all the vendors were kind of grouped. Uh, so if you were mostly interested in looking for somebody to help you manage your pond or better aerators or, you know, did, those kind of things, you would go over where Scotty smart. was. Did that's, they did they have, um, you know, I'm just taking Mossy Oak, for example. I mean, did they, they have biologic there? I mean. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mossy yeah. Oak had a big square there and um, had guys there with all their seed and all their native nursery trees. Okay. And Mossy Oak furniture, you know, the whole night. Yeah, the whole, they did. They had them all there. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, there was some quite elaborate displays. Um, I've been posting some pictures, and I got a few more that I didn't post. I'll post sometime this weekend. Uh, the, I think it was NRCS had one that was on longleaf ponds. Did you see that one day with the turkeys? Oh, you got yeah. 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 to explain to people what that is. Oh, NRCS? Yes. yes. The National Resource Conservation. Okay. And um, they're they they're for they work with federal they're fed, part of the federal government, and uh, they had a display there that was on longleaf ponds, and it was it was a really cool. Display. I mean, they brought in like old pine straw, and they had little uh, little long leaves uh, in pots, and it, so it kind of looked like a you know three three or four year old uh, planting. And they had uh, turkey in it, and they had some other uh, wildlife displays in it. And it was it was really cool. Uh, John Deere brought in I don't know how many pallets of sod for their display. I mean, they literally had grass under their whole real grass under their whole display. Nice. Some of them got pretty elaborate. And, and and what did your display look like? Not like that. <laughs> we had a fish. We had a fish feeder and a fish attractor. Okay. We had right. Lopez standing there matching shirts. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, matching they, shirts. They, they were matching. Yeah. Dang. We're in, we're in what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here? <laughs> you didn't have live fish in a bowl or something? Yeah, you should nah, have some no, goldfish I, or something. Thrift they, yeah. they were supposed to have. There's a big bass tank. Uh, they've had it in Jacksonville a few times and around the country, uh, that big, I don't know how many gallons it is, but, I mean, it's like basically a glass semi-tractor trailer they drag around with hey, uh, bass in. that's an idea. That's what you need. You need a big old tank on wheels that you can drag around these places. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logham, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz, our regulars, and then our uh, biologists, Dave Edwards, wildlife biologist, and Scotty Brown, fisheries uh, biologist. And we will talk more Land and Wildlife Expo and some fisheries and wildlife stuff right after this on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. 
you'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby, it's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jake's women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen. They want to be the best conservation organization in the world. Back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And welcome back to talking with Dave Edwards, wildlife biologist, Scotty Brown, fisheries biologist, that were both in attendance at the Land and Wildlife Expo in Nashville, Tennessee, that was brought together all the conservation organizations. It was the first annual. Last year was supposed to be the first annual, but then the flooding in Nashville canceled the event. This year ended up being the first annual. And uh, uh, Dave, from talking to some of the folks that uh, helped put this thing together, which a lot of them are, are Mossy Oak, uh, Mossy Oak, I think, was the one who had this kind of brainstorm idea to bring everybody together in one place. Uh, is there going to be a second annual? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think everybody felt like it was a success. And you always, you know, it's the first annual um, or the first one they were, they put together that you're always going to have some bugs to work out. And they're actually meeting this next week to, while it's fresh on everybody's minds, what worked, what didn't work, what do we need to change, those kind of things. Uh, I talked with Brian Murphy, CEO of Quality Deer Management Association, yesterday, and uh, I think that they're still planning on marrying the QDMA National Convention with this event. It was good for both both sides. Well, they have to. I mean, the reality is is that Quality Deer Management Association used to have its own annual get-together. They tried to mirror what the NWTF has done. 
which has been wildly successful uh, compared to all the conservation organizations, and QDMA's finances, they're kind of struggling. So they needed something to kind of partner with them to take the pressure off, so to speak, financially. And so, I mean, it made sense for them, and I would think that it would make sense for them going forward. Now the question becomes is that, you know, how did all these other organizations feel about Land and Wildlife Expo? Uh, Scotty, you know some folks uh, at Ducks Unlimited. You've been uh, chapter president now 18 times, and <laughs> is that I don't all? Think, I don't think so. Is that all? <laughs> Just feels like it, right? Yeah, it, those three years felt like 18. You're right. And uh, and you know, uh, in fact, uh, you know the guy who is the uh, the president of, of Ducks Unlimited. Did Did you get any thoughts from them about how you know what they felt about the the expo? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance. Uh, there's one fellow that he, he does a lot of these national things for Ducks Unlimited. And I, I talked to him before the event, but I didn't get a chance to talk with him at the, towards the end. But, uh, I mean, when I, what chances I had to walk around, the, those booths were, I mean, the Rocky Mountain Elk booth was just down the road, just down the path from us. And, uh, they were, they always had somebody there. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, those types of groups really, I think, uh, probably were exposed to people that didn't know much about them or, you know, we're kind of on the edge whether to join them or not, and so I, I can't imagine them not having thinking that that event uh, last week was successful for. Them. Was Safari Club there? Yes. Yes. Okay. They were, yes, they were there. Because you know, there, there's a lot of big organizations, you know, and I think behind the NRA as far as hunting rights, Safari Club is right up there. They, they had a big, big section there, big booth, mm-hmm. or yeah. big area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, uh, you know a lot of the speakers that uh, pre- did you know, presentations at all these seminars. Uh, was it an A-list group? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously you're A-list, you know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Man, I, I, yeah. I was going to say, boy. I'd rank us as C's, you know. Yeah. So, um, I, I think it was a, a little mix. Okay. Um, you know, and there was, uh, you would have Grant Wood speaking. It was just all according know. to what they did the night before, whether they were an A or a C. <laughs> And, you know, you don't want to call, it, call a speaker a C, but when, when you're going up against uh, somebody that's really well-known, uh, say, like I mentioned, Grant Woods, somebody yeah. like that, and you've got a, a speaker that nobody knows about, and they might not have a, as exciting a topic. Right, yeah. Then, then people have to choose which one they're going to go to. And so, you know, a lot of them would lean to the one they knew. But I, I had a chance to look at the uh, – at the lineup, and boy, you look at some of the the conservation organizations' experts. You know, their their staff biologists. Uh, QDMA's uh, guru is uh, what's his name, Brian Murphy. Brian Murphy, and then also the other guy, Joe Hamilton. Uh, Kip Adams. Kip Adams. Yeah. You know, Kip Adams is probably at the forefront of the Quality Deer Management Association more than anybody when you look, consider biologists. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, NWTF. Dr. James Earl Kenimer. I saw that he was speaking there. Uh, so when it comes to their organization, certainly they brought their A-list people or what is their, you know, person that's out in front. That's right. Uh, Dr. Grant Woods is very, very well respected. Uh, GrowingDeer.tv. Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, uh, Mossy Oak Biologic, one of the founders of that. Uh, I, I, I thought that the speaker list was pretty good, at least on face value. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It, it was Edwards, a strong you know, list. I, I would have paid money for 300 Edwards. bucks. They better be good. <laughs> <laughs> And it, and it was. I mean, it was. It was solid guys that brought. There was a lot of knowledge and experience brought to the microphone mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, for three hundred bucks, that's kind of expensive. Yeah. But 
You were hearing from the from the ones that were the ones that knew. Yeah, the only thing that I think would have been difficult is that, you know, from I was looking at the list and seeing exactly when, who was speaking where. And uh, I was going, okay, could I, could I attend all the ones, you know, that I really wanted to hear? I mean, could they have done something differently as far as scheduling-wise so that you could have attended more? They were trying to uh, consciously look and look at that and see if you were a landowner and you were interested more in conservation easements and, you know, all the different uh, government programs that can help you as a landowner or like my talk on hunting leases. They tried to schedule those so if that was your niche, you would be able to hit the ones you want. If you're mostly interested in deer, deer management, they tried to make it where you would hit all the ones and you wouldn't have to pick between two. Having said that, I knew a few folks that were like a father-son kind of group that was there or, or two hunting buddies. They had to split up. Mm-hmm. And one go to one, one go to the other, and take notes for each other, you know, to, to help them. So, but they were they were trying to do that. Um, they were trying to pick tracks. You mm-hmm. know, they were what what tracks. times did they have the seminars? From like when to when? Mm-hmm. Uh, did they use the full day to really, or did they have a window? You know, Jeff, I can't remember the the actual. They, uh, start they started. End. They started at nine and then took a break, uh, about a two hour break at uh, noon, and then they uh, wrapped up around five. Okay, so they did stretch it out throughout the course of the day. It wasn't just an afternoon thing or anything. There were six sessions on Friday and five on Saturday. Okay, well. And your pass allowed you to go to, uh, you know, basically as many as you wanted. Scotty, as a, as a vendor, what would you like to have seen differently? Uh, as a vendor? Yeah, as a vendor. Any suggestions, you know, critiques that you'd say, you know, if, if, I, if I go back, here's what I'd like to see different. As a vendor, I don't know. I mean, it it went really well. Um, you know, as a vendor uh, leaving on Sunday, that was a quagmire. But I haven't been to any of those ever that it's not. But uh, the way it was set up, I like the way they did the villages. Um, they, uh, I mean, they they had there was something there for everybody. I mean, and like I said, you had multiple choices. There was a one, two. There was four different booths uh, similar to ours that do uh you know aquatic consulting uh a couple of them were vendors and a couple of them i mean a couple of them were speakers and a couple of them weren't uh there was just uh lots of different like i said lots of different uh in from the farming perspective of it and uh there was a lot of uh, entertainment type folks i mean uh with the uh, zach cooper was even there with uh he had a booth and he was there talking to folks and his new monster truck was parked there <laughs> All right, uh, I live in a cave. Who's Zach Cooper? Zach, Zach was Cooper. the guy you had on, uh, the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that way, well, you were starting talking little monster man. trucks. I'm yeah. trying to think of who's little man driving big a dreams. monster truck by the name of Zach Cooper. <laughs> little man, big dreams. One of our, yeah, one of our, big, one of our guests. Well, for, for those that uh, for those that uh, don't know, like me, uh, Zach hey. Cooper was one of our former guests. Scotty, you started talking monster trucks. I'm like, what in the wild world is he talking about? NASCAR. <laughs> talking NASCAR. <laughs> now, Zach, Zach Cooper, little man, big dreams, uh, really has a future in being a celebrity in the outdoor industry because this, this is a young man that's been on camera. Uh, boy, he's got sponsors and everything. He's yeah. 15, and he's 15, which is why he has a truck now, because he probably has a learner's permit. And, uh, <laughs> he started when he was 11. Yeah. He's got a he, uh, learner's permit, and he's got a nasty truck that's wrapped with all those sponsors. Oh, for his no, kids. Oh, it looks, no. it's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Scotty, you could have presented that to help me out there a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah. Your former guest, Zach right, Cooper, right had a monster truck. Under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I was just getting out from under the bus from the beginning of the show. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Free coffee and donuts I'm, for I'm the next on, round. I'm working on about four hours of sleep <laughs> yeah, here, guys. Yeah. Give me a little bit of a break. <laughs> You're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with uh, Dead Tired Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz, and uh, two, two guys that had a really good time at the expo, Dave Edwards. <laughs> Scotty Brown and Scotty Some Brown. Some kind of biologist, right? Yeah. And Scotty Brown, the smart, uh, smart guy. <laughs> we'll be back. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com. Because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. All right, last little segment here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and we've got two guests on today, Dave Edwards, wildlife biologist, and also former uh, biologist with Hunt Life Outdoor Show, Scotty <laughs> Brown. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. Uh, that and a cup of coffee and a donut. Uh, uh, guys, we've only got a couple minutes here. Uh, give us a little expertise here. Uh, One-minute response from each of you. Dave, uh, wildlife calendar, hunting season's coming up, deer season, obviously. Uh, something that folks need to do prior to hunting season from a wildlife biologist standpoint? Uh, I'd say be thinking about your food plots right now. Start breaking them. Start getting them ready. Yep. Uh, if, if if you have those to plow so that you can get that ground broke good, get the soil amended, uh, start thinking those routes instead of waiting to the last minute to plant. That's probably my number one if you're a deer hunter and you're going to plant food plots. Be doing that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Scotty Brown from a fisheries biologist 
standpoint, uh, what does the former biologist recommend at this time of year? <laughs> uh, two things. Uh, one is uh, kind of assess the weed problems you had over the summer and go ahead and uh, do some fall uh, weed spraying. And the other one is uh, if you haven't taken out the largemouth bass numbers you're supposed to for the year, huh. as prescribed by your former fish biologist, <laughs> then you need to do that probably, Kevin Faber. Uh, no, Kevin. <laughs> I hate killing them. <laughs> it always comes up with you, Faber. It does. I, I, I have a problem with it. I'm, I'm serious. A fish hugger. I, I don't like killing them. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's the, so, the, so uh, funny. The other thing that uh, I would have to say is, well, get your deer stands up now. Yeah. Uh, number one thing, yeah, it's hot. You know, you don't want to do it. You're, you're maybe thinking, well, I got time to do that. Uh, when you take a break from from turning the fields and stuff, get your deer stands up now. Let the wildlife get used to seeing it, where they don't, you know, they're not surprised the first time you know you throw it up and go hunt it. Good That's time right. for your trail cameras too. That's yep. what I was getting ready yep. to say. Is right now is a great time. I've got camera surveys coming up here first week of September, mm-hmm. but now's a great time to start getting them out. They're starting to be right at the end of velvet. You can start making some buck harvest decisions. Yeah. And start figuring out what you got. Yep. And I would say safety, safety, safety. Man, all those folks out there got ladder stands piled up all over the place. Check them. Check them all. Check the straps. Yep. Check the chains. All the bolts and nuts on the climber. Make sure the rungs aren't rusty so when somebody steps on it, they don't fall through it. I just know? ordered a bunch of lifelines yep. from Hunter Safety. Smart. You know, cool stuff. Good man. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Hey, guys, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, We'll look forward to hearing from you guys going forward. I mean, heck, you guys are our staff biologists. Yes, Scotty, you're still on staff. Yeah. Yep. We'll send you a gift <laughs> yeah, certificate we'll, to Krispy well, Kreme. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll talk to you next year. To the Hunt Life Outdoor <laughs> Show with me, Jeff Long, with Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz, Dave Edwards, wildlife biologist, and Scotty Brown, fisheries biologist. We'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.